It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And the man who may not see dead people, but then again, he might. It's Murray. Yo. Also joining us for this special All the Horror episode this week is George from the Best Little Horror House in Philly. Hey there, George. Hello, it's me. Right on. (laughs) So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. This is the special edition you've all been waiting for. Film Rage and All the Horror podcast event. Today on the podcast, we all rage about our least favorite genre and the worst movie in that genre. We decide which is the worst horror movie streaming in both Canada and the US. And I have a little bit of a hint coming for you people. We may have broken George. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) We baby. I love it. We talk the lists. We talk about uh, favorite horror peeps. Uh, Open Rage, Merman Minute. We bring back horror special edition of RMM. What? And then we scare the shit out of little creepy fuckers and steal their candy. Well, not all of them. Just raisins. Because, you know, we got vegans to feed here. So our special guest, George from Best Little Horror House in Philly. Horror. I always get that wrong, George. I always want to think it's the Best Little Horror House in Philly, but it's horror. Horror. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do on your fabulous podcast? Uh, Sure. So the Best Little Horror House in Philly is the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And uh, basically... Whenever somebody comes on the show, I say, hey, what's your favorite horror movie? And they tell me, and that becomes my favorite horror movie, too. Um, And we talk about how they got into horror, uh, what their experience with it has been like. And uh, then we talk about the cultural context surrounding the movie before finally breaking down the plot and then summing up why it's not just a good horror movie, but is, in fact, the best horror movie. And uh, you can find such hit films as... Let the Right One In, starring Film Rage. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. And so, yeah, we'll maybe just talk a little bit, talk a little bit about what this All the Horror thing is and why should people care about it? Sure. So All the Horror is a really cool um, sort of uh, festival of podcasting where um, all of the cool horror adjacent and related podcasts come together to uh, promote the charity Scares That Care. Um, and we all get together to raise awareness of it and hopefully raise some money for it as well. Um, Scares That Care is a charity that works with uh, people fighting childhood illness um, who have been badly burned and people fighting breast cancer. And um, they they help these people out and it is... Um, Really, it's a really great thing that they do over there, and so we're all really happy to be supporting them. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, scaresthatcare.org, and on right. Instagram and Twitter, it is all the horror eighteen, which we are a big, big, big fan of horror. I'm, I'm most excited to see when we get like a sports podcast talk about horror, <laughs> like 
George, do you think it's possibly going to be the ones where someone's leg pops out of its bone and they're going to talk about that oh. for an hour? Oh my God, those are that literally scares the crap out of me. So I know. it may very well be. There, there was <laughs> some compound pretty, fractures are a nightmare. There was some pretty graphic scenes in the program. I will tell you that. Oh. Somebody's like literally like comes out. It could just snap Ooh. right there on the. Yeah, field. see, I almost want to do a sports podcast now and talk about that for an hour. <laughs> but that's not what we're going to do today. We are going to talk yeah. about our least favorite horror genre. Each one of us. And then we're going to talk about what the worst movie in that genre is. And I'm going to go first. My least favorite horror genre is slashers. What? Because they're what? stupid. And not only are they stupid. You're stupid. I am stupid. But that still gives me a right to say my mind. Yeah, go ahead. Stupid rights. Fight the power. So, yeah. Slasher movies for the most part for me, are not my favorite unless they are super comedic. If they actually try to intend them to be scary, I just can't laugh. They're just, I just don't find them funny whatsoever. But I'm going to break out my least favorite in that genre, which I have a sneaking suspicion that George also hates because we <laughs> talked about it on our last podcast when we had George with us, which is the extremely terrible film from 2019, from director Rob Zombie called Halloween 2. That wasn't 2019. 2009. Oh, see? I'm, I'm so dumbfounded by the like fact. It feels like it just came out yesterday because I think I watched it love, yesterday. Love Rob Zombie. Yeah. As like, good a musician he is, he's a better director. Yeah, you're going to hear how that's <laughs> not true. So like all things Rob Zombie does, it has nothing to do with anything original or redeeming qualities in any way. Most awful is the dialogue in this particular film. Each line seems forced to offend, but just comes off as awful and uncreative. Watching the characters react to each other, it seems they all feel the same way, annoyed by their jobs, and everything slammed together without any real development. I hated the first Halloween that Zombie did, but this was 10 times worse. This film did not need to be made. I already rage enough about sequels and remakes, but this was like the pinnacle top of any pile that I've ever ever seen ever. Michael Myers' backstory was haphazardly and stupidly again put into this sequel and also was not needed. And wow, Malcolm McDowell, he used to be able to act. Can we remember he was in a Stanley Kubrick film? And yet he's in a Rob Zombie film who actually taught him to act terrible, which he was in this movie. He wasn't great. He was terrible. Every You're single so thing. Right about one voice. It's really crazy. <laughs> I, like that didn't occur to me, but really every single character sounds exactly the same in that movie. It is. It's like nonstop. It's it. I'm I'm like absolutely aghast by the fact. And and I actually love Malcolm McDowell. I really love. Him. Every single thing about this movie made me rage, including the whole ghost mom images and. God, have have you not made enough bad movies? Did you have to also destroy John Carpenter's perfect piece of cinematic brilliance before he leaves this earth? I would like to apologize to Mr. Carpenter personally on behalf of Canada. Mr. Carpenter, please accept my apology that we did not want this film to be made and we wish and feel sorry that Rob Zombie has left music and eventually made the worst horror movie ever made yeah but the the poster 
was awesome. Posters are cool. It was a good poster. A lot easier to make a cool poster. Yeah, way. Family is forever. Anybody else want to jump on this bandwagon? Anybody else hate this movie? Yeah, I'll friggin' jump in. Please, George. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. Usually Bryce bullies me into liking terrible things. No, I'm here to say that this movie fucking sucks. And that... I am so open to whatever people bring to the, to my podcast, but the only two movies that are banned from the show are Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. <laughs> and this movie just drives me up the goddamn wall. It, every, it takes everything that's interesting about the original Halloween and completely gets rid of them. It lasers in on the family relationship between michael and laurie which is bullshit and everyone hates it and it focuses in on michael's backstory which every like the thing that makes him scary is the fact that he's the shape that he's unknowable that he's just this pursuing creature yes and uh, all of that is thrown out the window in service of rob zombie's grimy gross aesthetic i understand that it for people, it works in his own movies. And to that, I say, fine. You know, he has his own vision and he has his taste. And that's fine when he's doing his own stuff. But the fact that he is actively tarnishing the name of one of the tentpole horror franchises um, is, uh, I mean, it feels over the top to say that it's offensive, but it's, it's, it's blasphemous. Really bad. It's blasphemous. Yeah, it, is, it is blasphemous. I mean, it, it, and also, like, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre is right there. Like, his aesthetic fits so much more better, uh, so much more effectively into that world. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. like, the sterility and the, the camera movement is what makes Halloween so great. And uh, he, he just gets rid of it all. He shitted out his dirty, stinking pants. Yeah, but the posters were cool. Your poster's cool. It's never right, going in this room, even though, <laughs> even though Film Rage Studios happens to take place in Bryce's house, he is not allowed to put that poster up in this room. <laughs> I feel like Bryce could just have a camera, shoot a picture of the poster for 90 minutes, and he would be enthralled by it. Poster, sometimes I look at the poster for maybe not seven 90 minutes. Seven minutes in heaven? Five or is that seven what you mean? minutes. Yeah, yeah seven minutes. Huh? Cool. Okay, so apparently Bryce also didn't like this movie. No, he doesn't the, movies, have the movies weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! We got him. We got him. <laughs> Murray, did you ever see this one? I may have at some point. Please I'll, don't. I, I, well, big spoiler, my least favorite is also slasher movies. So well, this is a perfect segue then. I don't really make a point of watching slasher films, but I'm during a few... You know, cuff Halloween things. I'm sure I caught pieces of it somewhere. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, move on to me then. Yes, my least favorite genre is slasher films. Yay, brother! Uh, there are some that I do enjoy, but they have to be one of two things: either they have to be scary or they have to be funny. And I find Agreed. most of these are neither. Like I don't jump at anything in slasher films because mm-hmm. I'm ready for it pretty much every time. And yeah, they're just not that funny. I mean, it's ridiculous funny how stupid the characters are, but that I laugh at that. But yeah, like I need to be really like scared, and these things don't do it for me. It's funny how you say that because we saw—I can't remember the name. Of the you'll remember because Bryce is like an encyc- walking encyclopedia. But we saw an actual slasher movie, kind of like a slasher movie, not that long ago, 
where the girl was actually smart and it was kind of working for me. Remember? But then she got dumb at the end. I don't remember that. Then she got trapped inside of an animal that she had to dig <laughs> out. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Do you remember what it was? I mustn't have been there. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was on, was it on Shutter? Or I fell asleep. One of the no, two. we actually had to order it video on demand. Uh, crap. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> George, is any of those hints for you? <laughs> no. Anyway, it's true, Murray. It's like, why do they have to make people stupid? Yeah. Surprise. This people is my rage. Stupid, so, that's that, why. That wasn't really a slasher movie, no. though, Jim. At but anyway, all. yeah, my, my least favorite slasher film of all time would be Scream 3. Oh. I, I hate what? slasher films. I really do. Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, Chucky. Find them all kind of lame, boring, nuts. Even scary. Chucky? He's so adorable. However, I do love Wes Craven films. Uh, and the first Scream was very original. It was edgy. It was funny, unpredictable. The ending was, well, almost a complete surprise. Uh, the second one was also pretty good, taking it kind of to a further level. Uh, yeah, the Scream 3 was just bad. And here's why. I mean, first off, not enough Nev Campbell. She worked, never heard that before. Yeah, she works twenty days on this film. She was basically a supporting character in in the third one. It's terrible. And while she was busy getting naked with um, Denise Richards and uh, Matt Dillon, Wild Things. Oh, Wild Things is so good. It was good movie at the same time. So yeah, there was more scene chewing time for the untalented new cast. Uh, second one, uh, censorship. Like after Columbine. The studios are nervous about teen slasher films in general and violence. So they issued a mandate to Wes Craven that there should be no violence and not a single drop of blood in the film. The studio told him that. What? Luckily, he didn't listen. But it was such a change in teen characters to adults. It suffered because... So, sorry, it was changed from teens to adults. And it suffered because of it. The film tried yep. to rely more on comedy than horror, throwing in like cameos from Carrie Fisher and other people <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Just so, and she it was like meta because she like played her uh, version of herself she was saying that she auditioned for Star Wars but somebody else got it because they slept with the director like she's making fun of herself in the movie it just it was stupid <laughs> um, and the script rewrites yeah the original Scream was written as a trilogy Kevin Williamson actually wrote three movies at the same time third film was supposed to involve Stu from the original alive and in prison and commanding an army of acolytes to exact revenge on Sydney. Well, that's not what we got. <laughs> the script was rewritten by some hack six weeks after shooting, before shooting, and we got this pile of crap. According to David Arquette, they were getting script rewrites every day. Now, the film within the film, Stab 3, was supposed to be based on Sydney's life. It was just too meta, too many in-jokes, too many plot holes. Highlight of the killer was a killer chasing Sydney through a film set of Woodboro through an exact replica of her house from the original. Uh, it referenced other films. It seems to toss references out meaningless throwaway dialogue. I just, yeah, it was just terrible. Um, the Weinsteins was another big reason. Mm. Next to the Tarantino films and Gwyneth Paltrow and Goodwill Hunting, the first two screams were basically their highest grossing films. Weird. And this is before we knew what a creep Harvey really was. But you hear stories about it after. And yeah, in Scream 3, Lance Henriksen actually played a creepy music executive named John Milton 
that relays a story to Sydney about her mother and foreshadowing. And basically, he calls her mother a nobody, claims she was fully complicit in the horror that unfolded after she attended one of his parties. Rena knew what they were, he explains. It was for girls like her to meet men, men who could get them parts, and if they made the right impression. Nothing happened to her that didn't invite, she didn't invite one way or the other, no matter what she said afterwards. So basically, he told Sydney that her mother was asking for it because she went to a, Ouch. a party. And this was the character that they wrote into the movie. I'm starting Pro- to hate this more now, too. Produced by Harvey Levenstein. It was uncomfortable to watch, too surreal. For that reason, I will never watch Scream 3 again. Sweet. Anyway, that's what I think. George, you got a, you want to jump on that bandwagon? Uh, I also think that Scream 3 is pretty bad. It's certainly the worst Scream movie. Um, yeah. yeah, Harvey Weinstein sucks. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Sure, I'm willing to say that this movie sucks. Awesome. Well, that's I mean, a perfect look, segue I mean, to, for you to pick up the baton. Yeah, it is a perfect segue because mine is also a fucking Harvey Weinstein movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my least favorite genre within horror is found footage. Um, to me, cinematography is such a huge part of what makes a movie good. Um, and all of that gets thrown out the window with a found footage movie because... Usually it's supposed to be some jerk off with a digital camera that he just bought. And so he's like running around and the camera is jostling all over the place. And honestly, shaky cam does tend to make me feel a little nauseous. Um, mm-hmm. I like can't sit through the, through the born movies. Um, and this is like a, a franchise, not a franchise, a, a genre based on shaky cam basically it's like yeah. aren't you scared by this camera moving around um and uh, an, uh one example that i always have to push on people for is um uh what the heck is that big cloverfield yeah it's like there's just not really a ton going on in it and a lot of it is you can't see anything because yeah. of the camera shaking but at least Cloverfield was an original idea, which leads yeah. me into my pick for the worst of the worst, which is Hellraiser Revelation. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly a pile of shit. Um, like I said, it's a Weinstein movie because it was released through Dimension. And this is just, it's just, it sums up everything that's wrong about the later Hellraiser movies. It's so clearly. A, like a different script that had Cenobites like pushed into it um, because they were worried about losing the rights to the Hellraiser franchise. Um, I think that indicative of it is the fact that this is the only Hellraiser or the first Hellraiser, excuse me, that Doug Bradley does not appear in hmm. as Pinhead. Even the other shitty Hellraisers Doug Bradley was in. Like those, yeah. that move, that franchise has some real fucking clunkers, people. And this is by Even worse. far the worst one. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's also the fact that it's the first in the franchise that is a found footage movie because it's like a shitty found footage movie of these drunk, annoying white college kids vacationing in Mexico. And like everything that is happening nowadays in terms of like privilege and mm-hmm. uh, all of that, it like. I just hate looking at these characters and 
certainly there's a level of it being like, oh, you're supposed to hate them because they get torn apart in this movie. But I don't. I just don't have fun. It's CGI blood, so it looks like shit. It's a, it's a terrible pinhead. It's not. Doug Bradley is that character. Uh, it's it, it's just bad. It's so bad. I don't know what else to say. It's just so bad. It's a baby face pinhead. Yeah. Well, you know what? You pose a, a, an With a actual, weird voice. You you put. I really. <laughs> you know what? It's funny that you pose this though, because you think about. Imagine trying to see a Nightmare on Elm Street film, and Robert Englund isn't Freddy Krueger. Oh, I don't have to imagine that. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, right. I actually thought I thought Jackie also. Earl Haley was going to be good, and I was disappointed. Exactly. You can't. It's 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 kind of ingrained in your skull. Like yeah. I, I I'm not a big fan. Uh, and I'll say this every time I get the chance: sequels are normally terrible. But if you're gonna take have a sequel, it better have the main character in it. Otherwise, don't make it. I agree. Um, it just has all of the flaws of the later Hellraiser movies. Plus, they tacked on a found footage thing, um, <laughs> and plus, it's not Doug Bradley. And for this reason, it is the worst of the worst. Agreed. All right, you get a high five. From way up here. All around. Oh, yeah. Okay, now, what we've all been waiting for, the person who's been quiet because we've been making fun of his favorite things. Slashers. Found footage. I hate found footage movies. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, me and George are a little too in tune because come my rage later on, we might be talking a little bit about Hellraiser. This is awesome. <laughs> in fact, he also stole my CGI blood. I think he might be raging about that. <laughs> I had to, I had to, I had this is almost perfect. It's like you two could be like <laughs> twisted cousins. There you go. Hell yeah. He's, he's my Canadian brother. There, there you are. go. So yeah. Um, are you a ginger, George, by the way? I am not a ginger. <laughs> I, I also will say that I am not a ginger, but there, there is ginger in my there, family. There's two of us. There's all. I have a brother that's ginger. There you go. I am not. That makes you a ginger. It's kind of ginger. Uh-oh. <laughs> At any rate, my, my least favorite genre is, uh, on the whole, paranormal. Um, I don't know if it's just that I just don't believe in it or it doesn't get done well often enough or what the deal is, but uh, paranormal doesn't do it for me. All the above, maybe? All the above, maybe. Um, my least favorite movie in that genre would be the Uwe Bull classic. Oh, baby! Alone in the Dark. Um, we get to we get to find out early on that Christian Slater is a paranormal detective. Uh, That's a thing now. Yeah, I love he, Christian Slater. He actually introduces himself that way when he's in some weird cab ride at the beginning, where <laughs> they're being chased for some reason, and I'm not even sure why. Um, Lance Henriksen's in it. Uh, yeah, I know. Lance Henriksen is in it. Murray's boyfriend. Lance yeah. Henriksen actually is is not the one that actually. Even he's bad in this. Um, there is actually one actor in this that just he tries to act his ass off, but I, I will get to that. Yes, I'm so excited. But I'm sorry, sorry, Tara Reed. Putting glasses on doesn't make you look seem smart, smart at all. <laughs> um, you you just are not that good an actress. Um, to be honest, Stephen Dorff shows up in the middle of this. What? Stephen Dorff? What? And he acts his ass off. I will give Stephen Dorff credit for the only one in this wow. film. That, that shows up and it's like there's one actor in the room 
and the rest of them are just and of all people awful. steven dorf i know he acts his ass off i did this. i know i saw the freeze frame you put of him his face looked really concerned he was concerned <laughs> uh, so basically oh jeez this story is, is uh, made of... It's made, so hard to explain. Uh, really, it, there, there's no explanation. The story made so little sense that we had Christian Slater trying to explain things through narration between scenes. All of a sudden, you get a voiceover with him trying to explain what you're seeing and what you're about to see, <laughs> and it still didn't make sense. It did not help that nothing much... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm losing it with this one. Um, He's holding on to his, um, uh, what do they call it, PTSD horse right now, and it's really scaring <laughs> yes, me, it concerning is. me a lot. It's a support animal. <laughs> so at one point, we say uh, they, they make the statement that uh, they had nothing much in common, except they all grew up in the same orphanage. Well, how is that not nothing much in common? 19 people grew up in the same orphanage, and they had nothing else in common? <laughs> this is the definition of commonality. Uh, the rest of the... <laughs> The rest of the way, we got bad CGI, and I was just generally confused. I just stared at the screen blankly as the story continued to unfold in front of me, each scene making less sense than the previous one. I stopped trying to make sense of any of it, and then it ended. I hated this movie. This is one of the worst movies, not in just this genre, not in... This is one of the worst movies in any genre. In any... And I, and I hate to pile on it, because it's a popular one to pile on, but Alone in the Dark... Directed by Uwe Boll, it's the worst. But the ending, it was great. It set it up for a sequel. No, it didn't. Well, it was yeah, so just, perfect. It was like you couldn't have had a better ending for the worst movie. Yeah, and then they made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> of they did. George, have you had the pleasure of Uwe Boll? Uh, I have seen Blood Rain, which similarly sucked. But, yes. Oh, um, boy. Sucked He's... in more than one way, in yeah. fact. Oh, baby. <laughs> I like where this is going. Just got dirty but, um, in here. I would like to agree with your overall hypothesis as well that paranormal movies are bad. Yes. And for the most part, found footage movies are paranormal. And Almost so, every time. Yeah, so the Venn diagram of ours are very close. So what, what, I'm, hearing, don't believe in ghosts. what I'm hearing from this is we've got a film rage twin scenario where we have Arnold Schwarzenegger from Philadelphia and we've got <laughs> Danny DeVito here in Canada. <laughs> that you two, Fuck, when yeah. you meet face-to-face when COVID's over, when we do a cross-Canada film rage tour to Philly to do the tour of the mall from Dawn of the Dead together. That's quite, a, I'll be honest, uh, Pennsylvania is a big state. You got a long trip to go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, we're going to uh, rage our way right to you. <laughs> we're going to get there. Well, we're going to go to George... George's grave, not yours, buddy. George Romero's grave. We're going to go have some vegan tacos at whatever Taco Bell that's close to the mall. I'm Rage On. There you go. Sounds like a great time. I yeah. know. It does sound like a great time, actually. Sign me up. Okay, well. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's put that in the book. It's there. As <laughs> soon as COVID's done, it's happening. All, All right. right. So, Worst yes. horror movies, streaming, and... I'm thinking this was the one that broke you, George, or maybe is our next one going to be the one that broke you? <laughs> it was the next one. Oh! <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just uh, kick it off here. We'll, we'll introduce. We, we watched two horror movies that we thought were, were, were going to be the worst. You combed the internet very I, well. I did. Didn't. Wasn't that hard. 
Um, but uh, yeah, we came up with Verotica. Uh, you can stream that on Shutter right now if you dare. Uh, written and directed by Glenn Danzig, founding member of the Misfits, and of course Danzig. This horror anthology starts out promising. The opening credits and the introduction of our first tale by Morella, played by Caden Cross, had me anticipating something more than what el- ultimately was presented to me. I mean, when she stuck her fingernails into that dude's eyeballs, I was like, all right, game on. Bring it. Dude, I was literally in the exact opposite boat where, like, there's, like, a hard cut and it's obviously fake. And I was like, I know. We were laughing our ass off, though. That was the greatest thing about it. We're watching this going, this is going to be the best terrible movie ever. We start with the albino spider of the jet. I guess, yet? I don't know. Yet? Where we get bad acting, bad writing, bad sound, bad lighting, bad special effects, bad music, and bad direction. We do, however, get breasts with eyeballs instead of nipples. So Sweet. it had that going for it. It did. Uh, we then I we- see your point. Yeah, I, I will say that I'm only human. I did laugh when the nipple eye cried. Exactly. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, we then got the uh, story called Change of Face. This was basically an extended strip club scene, complete with bad acting, bad writing, bad sound, bad lighting, bad special <laughs> effects, bad music, and bad direction. And then it closed out with this with a story called Drukia, Drukija, 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 Contessa of Blood. This was the best of the three stories. Was it? Well, maybe what? best. Maybe best isn't the word what? I should be using. <laughs> Oh my God. It, was, it was the story of <laughs> who brutally and tortures and murders virgins, or should I say, virgans? Virkins. It was Vir- virgins. It was, it was virgins. Uh, anyway, this part uh, had bad acting, bad writing, bad sound, bad lighting, bad special effects, bad music, and bad direction. This was a please do not ever make a movie again, Glenn Danzig rage. <laughs> Georgie, take the baton, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie is so bad. Um, The credit sequence, it's like the same boring, repeating riff over hard-to-see images. I love that. And then I will say, uh, I didn't look in. in, uh, So it was edited by Brian Cox. I assume it's the Brian Cox. Yeah, we we talked about that for the whole movie. The original Hannibal Lecter, baby. <laughs> um, the CGI is terrible. I will say, I actually did like the costume and makeup for the albino spider. Yeah, um, I thought that was like a, probably the best looking thing in the movie. Um, and I did laugh at Lenneck Breakout. <laughs> <laughs> that was his name. Um, my question is. Did the eye tits ever actually result in anything besides the morgue guys going, huh, that's weird? No, there was like no point to it. That's that's, that's the one reason it, it was awesome. That's but. the reason it was great. <laughs> um, th- I will say. I see your point in, though, George. In in this one in particular, this vignette, there was a uh, absurdity to it that made me laugh. Yes. Uh, where like... It was just, everything was so shoddily put together. And there's these big, bold lighting choices and a, like, dude in this crazy white spider outfit. And he comes out to be a serial killer when the lady falls asleep. It's just, 
it's so loosely connected to itself that I'm just like, I don't know what's happening here. Did you have so, a question uh, as, as you were watching it, though, to wonder how he was going to fuck that one chick in the ass without a penis? Like yes, he's supposed to be I naked. have a million questions. <laughs> <laughs> All I have are questions. <laughs> I'm not sure you want the answers. I do. I want them Especially if they're coming from Glenn Danzig. <laughs> you got more? Hit us, uh, baby. I mean, oh, yeah. So that's just the first thing. Uh, sorry. Yeah, that's just the first thing. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear um, what you say about the next one. <laughs> the next one, right off the bat, this terrible actor is like, look what you made me do. You didn't give me your face. Like, what was the alternative? <laughs> um, the mystery woman costume, I out loud by myself said, wow, that's not good. Yes. <laughs> and I did laugh every time the announcer said mystery woman. Like, that is the worst <laughs> stripper. Name I know, right? <laughs> um... They, one thing that I noticed about this movie that uh, th this next little bit is going to lead me into is that I it feels like they didn't have as much footage as they thought. And so there are so many sequences where the camera just lingers. Yeah. But, but like it's not even necessarily a repetition, but like at 40 minutes in, there's a shot that just lingers on the cops like staring at this corpse for like it's got to be at least 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and artistic, then, buddy. Same, it's not artistic. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing happens. Like, they linger on the worst awful performances. Like, when the mystery lady goes in and the lady in the bathroom is like, my face? No. And then they just hold on her. And... Every section, I was like, oh, wow, this has got to be the worst section of the movie. And it <laughs> never is. There is always a next worst section. <laughs> and, like, the interludes are bad, too. The lady is, like, this terrible Crypt Keeper wannabe who's like, what am I supposed to do with these? Opens her hands to reveal eyes. Okay, good one, lady. You have a <laughs> pair of eyes in your hands? I don't, like, who cares? Snake uh, eyes. You lose. <laughs> And then I I almost fell over when you said that the Drukia segment was the best one. Oh, <laughs> so good. Well, there, maybe maybe not. The in the very first shot, it's like a close up of her walking on a green screen, blood on the ground. I know, and it just looks so bad. And <laughs> on some level, I'm like. I understand that this is a low-budget movie, and it's fine that you have to make do, but then don't do a close-up on it. Yeah. Um, He's just learning how to use the camera, George. It's, a, it's <laughs> his first day on the job. It seems that way. There's multiple minutes of her just being in a tub of blood with no or minimal score. Like, she's literally just sitting there with no music playing. Uh, it looks like she's try like pretending to bite into the women, and then her head pulls away and there's no bite marks, and it feels like there was supposed to be a cut there and then a special effect, and they just said, no, we're we can't not afford doing this. That. We can't afford special right. effects. It's just all, all of it is so bad. It leads, it culminates in this just terribly boring vignette. It's, I hated every second of this. It's not fun bad for me. It's just bad. <laughs> 
Uh, but you know yeah. what? The funnest part about it is talking about how bad it is. You're so, right. <laughs> the white spider murder. Goodness. Question. Budget $27 from Dollarama. This had, in the first, in the spider film, the best blowjob where there wasn't a penis ever. Eyeball titties that create a man demon spider from the worst CGI ever created. This was the best worst short movie I've seen in a long time. Favorite line, fuck is my specialty. I know it doesn't sound that funny, but you really have to be there to appreciate it. Acting, FX, makeup, script, plot, as Bryce had alluded to, all were unprecedentedly fantastic. And by fantastic, I mean of the three short films in this collection by Glenn Danzig for a movie which sounds like it should be softcore porn, murder porn. This left me lifeless wiener flat yeah and, that's the thing so much of this is supposed to be sexy and it's never sexy. it's never sexy moment. the most sexy thing about it was definitely the spider i gotta say that yeah dude that guy was freaking ripped i know right change of face take a face then pause for stripper commercial best strip club in a movie ever so little nudity dude. you would swear you were just at the loaning zone in walmart parking lot or on stripper night did you did you see the um the like if you look in the background it's like just someone's house oh totally yeah absolutely <laughs> you can see the the like curtains just hung up over the window except they don't cover the whole window <laughs> and they were just like this is fine it's it's truly laughable but it leads to despair it's not you, like you <laughs> stop laughing so quickly because you're like Glenn, how did this happen, my friend? How did you go? How did you fall so far? Yeah. Think this shoplifting could have called Phantom of the Strippers. And yes, we did watch Phantom 2004 version. This was equal to that, only was a little shorter and a little less Gerard Butler. <laughs> Not which one I'm sure makes me happier. Moral of the story, bullet holes help your dancing improve. That was the moral? That was, in that, in that particular short. Right. Oh, you didn't get that? No, totally. <laughs> I got that. Went Contessa of Blood is a period piece. Yes. So much blood. The, the torches. The torches, the torches are like, <laughs> literally, it looks like someone went to the dollar store and got fake torches. Oh, totally. Or like to Hobby Lobby or something. Like, ah. It's so terrible. Every <laughs> aspect of the production line is so bad. Verkin Bloodbath? Yummy. Oil of Olay? You got something to learn from proper youth therapy. She is such a great cunt essa to her subjects. No wonder the villagers are getting suspicious. Your addictions were a little out of control. I think we need an intervention, Verkin intervention, that is. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Verkin juice is delicious. Thought of a really good jingle for it. Or potentially a commercial. Verkins are great. They taste good. Put it in your castle and make Verkin juice. 
Verkin Juice now in two convenient flavors. Verkin for the outdoor taste and Virgin for the home you call castle. Because that's what happened. Every time she was in her castle, they were virgins. When she was outside, romping around, they were virgins. Mm. This was the type of terrible movie that made me laugh for the entire movie. Well, by the entire movie, where I was focused, the first five minutes. Then I tried to laugh, but it just kept forcing me not to laugh. And turned out that the laughter to a misfit's rage. I think the moral of this whole story is good musicians should not try and direct movies. Stick to music. And that includes you, Rob Zombie. Gets a softcore, not enough porn, softcore, nonsensical, ug-like rage. Huh. Now, the film that I think we're all proud to say that broke George from the best little horror house in Philly. Nice. That film's name is Devil's Revenge from 2019. Uh, So there's a cursed relic that's also a portal to hell. And the only way to stop the curse on an archaeologist's family is to destroy said relic. Yep, that's it. Huh. Yeah, this was not good. The the CGI explosions, the scene where he drives his car into a tree, but it doesn't come within 10 (laughs) feet of the tree. The obvious stunt double for William Shatner with the giant bald spot and the completely different body type. This whole movie was an exercise in bad filmmaking. William Shatner was at least entertaining, sort of. He somehow managed to be understated and over the top all at the same time. Uh, Jerry Ryan was phoning this one in. The whole thing was just a rage. Mer. This is... This is okay. So, George, you have to get into Murray's mind space. In my let you know, space. William Shatner is a Canadian god to Murray. He's a Canadian icon, period. And he I'm not even talking him. about his Star Trek because I didn't didn't even like him in Star Trek. Everything since Boston Legal and DJ Hooker, TJ everything. He's awesome and everything. So, how do you not love Shat? But yeah, this was one of the worst things I ever saw him do. <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever saw. It, well, it's TV, so. Oh, I guess it has no place here, but he did a reality show called Invasion Iowa. He went to Riverside, Iowa, which is the home birthplace of Captain Kirk. And he convinced the entire town that he was making a movie. And the script for that movie was better than this one. <laughs> and it was a fake script. Like, it was completely yeah. horrible. It was like this Terminator T-3000 woman who came down to kill everybody and oh it was you got to watch it it was terrible but it was it was an April Fools joke on the whole town oh chat but but yeah he brought a whole crew but the Quack, script Shatter. his made up his script that he was intentionally making bad for that series was better than this one uh is yeah I love watching Sh- uh, Shatner uh but yeah the scene in the cave where it's like it's obviously like a twenty-five-year-old running around with weapons. It's not him because he's like eighty. I'm like that was pretty laughable. Uh, and yeah, Jerry Ryan, who probably did did this film as a favor because she was in a Star Trek movie too. Uh, I kept waiting for her to, you know, get a little better, and she didn't. And the rest of the cast was horrible. Uh, yeah, I didn't really enjoy watching it, other than the Shatner moments, but it was pretty bad. Sweet. Anyway, it's up to you, George. Now, the thing we've been waiting for since we heard that we broke George. Share your pain. Share your rage. This movie made me so angry. 
it just I I watched it first of all let me say both of these movies are Cleopatra Entertainment produced so Cleopatra get the fuck out of here on top of that right away they show the demon next to the special effect, uh, special creature effects credit in the opening credits so there's never even a single scrap of tension about like oh well, at least I get to wait for these fun like demon effects which they're not fun they look like shit it looks like somebody like their mom made them a Halloween costume or something yes um, and they just like had a cave and they were like alright we found this cave what can we film here I normally take like really meticulous notes while I watch movies and I stopped taking notes like 10 minutes into the movie <laughs> just sat there miserable the entire time the acting is so bad that I literally thought that in like the character was joking when the guy said uh, I have a broken ankle like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was a joke um, he used the wrong form of bear in his suicide note like just the little, every little thing that could go wrong in this movie did go wrong. It, I mean, it, this is this is gonna sound harsh, but I'm I'm just gonna say it. Bring it. We love harsh. Yeah, this movie uh, embarrassed me. I uh, am embarrassed on the behalf of everyone involved, and I am angry that at all stages of production, several professionals felt that horror fans are such rudes that they could get away with putting out something at this level of quality. It's every single piece of this is bad. The script, the performance, all of it. And frankly, he might be your Canadian god, but all paths lead to Shatner on this one. And he co-wrote and he stars in it. Stars is also a big fucking generous helping, <laughs> me, uh, yeah. helping him out here. Because he's in it for like 10 minutes, and that's also, I think, still probably being generous about how much he's in it. <laughs> and he has top billing. I know. It, it, he's so, he's part, as part of the group, they are all so terrible. At one point, you see one of the demons running around with Nikes on. Like, it, <laughs> it, no one, no one cared to put any effort into this and they said this is an acceptable thing to put out and people will buy it because they're suckers and uh, that is that makes me mad that someone thinks that I'm a sucker I'm gonna get you sucker and they did they did they did get me damn it I am a sucker That's right. <laughs> oh I love it do you have a do you have a catchphrase for your rage no, it's just the bland mundanity of fucking no. Don't watch it. That's my catchphrase. That's actually the best catchphrase we've had on this show. <laughs> I might steal that for future rages. <laughs> so Star Trek meets Hellraiser. The sound stage. I know the sound stage in this movie is awesome. Great drone shots, crazy car crashes. Ugh. I would also love to mention. That Tubi has the best commercials. Of all commercials that I see on my streaming services, I would like to now talk a little bit about how great Tubi's commercials. I don't know what they're like in the US, George, but in Canada, it's very centralized to our location. So I got to see some amazing commercials 
as I was watching this completely awful film. Is it okay if we talk about yeah. commercials for a bit? Yeah, Go I ahead. I prefer it, actually. <laughs> so, George, did you get any commercials on watching it on Tubi? Yeah, I got a shitload of political ads. Oh, oh yeah, oh, we don't get those here. Even better. I just, got, just to crank up the rage. I got potato chips and I got uh, car commercials. Yeah, potato chips and car commercials. That's what we got. It's the best. <laughs> this had the best accident edit from any movie ever made. I couldn't believe the fantastic CGI smoke. I couldn't believe the fact that they thought that we were supposed to think that the car crashed into the tree when they were going two kilometers an hour. In in miles, I think that's probably 1.4, maybe, miles per hour. Yeah, it's bad. It's low. <laughs> <laughs> Children's sacrifices are cool. CGI devil is also cool. I think it is more not like what I had attributed this to earlier. I think this is more like Land of the Lost meets Hellraiser. Uh, Hell, not, not the original Hellraiser, but maybe Hellraiser Revelations, perhaps? Mm-hmm, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, uh, meets TJ Hooker meets Chevy Chase's Vacation. That's how I thought this movie actually should have been subtext. Bill Shatner, or Canadian God, as I like to refer to him as, does his best impression of Gary from Team America and acts the li- motherfucking shit out of his soliloquy in the barn. So if Ooh. you can just picture when Gary had to act his way to save everybody from Kim Jong-un. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. Team America, right? Yeah, that's bad. It was yeah. kind of like, it, I kind of felt like it was Gary. No, but okay. It was totally Gary. <laughs> Acting, FX, car accidents, CGI explosions, story or lack thereof, all were monumentally terrible. Gets a made-for-TV movie, Aspeg Shatner Rage. Favorite line, though, was Hello Fucking Ween by the Shat himself. Actually, (laughs) they should have actually put that on the credit. Starring the man himself, (laughs) Shat. <laughs> or the movie or feels like a prank. The, the shot. The shot. It's like himself. so you can say, "Hey, did you see that movie? You know the movie that has the shot." <laughs> the, the movie and that it was the shot. Yeah, it's certainly a piece of shot. It yeah. was. Oh, Bill. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad that. I feel like singing the Carol Burnett exit song here because I'm glad we had to sh- got to share this time together about our rage. All right. We've got lists. Oh, are we going to that now? Are we? Yeah, unless... Does anybody else want to add right, a, a, an icing turd on the top of this shack? I, I thought Bryce was... I'll, yeah, that. I'll say it again. It just... It feels like a prank. It feels like someone messing with us and being like... Like, can I convince them that this is a real movie? Yeah, it's possible. This is the perfect anomaly for what we would consider in our Rager Dare segment. This would be the biggest dare that we could give somebody. And actually, it kind of makes me think when you told me that I broke you or we broke you when we made you watch this movie, it brought me back to when you made us watch Cats. Cat. <laughs> when I made you watch it. Yeah, yes. but George was excited to know that we were going to be watching it. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I 
if you fucking have me back on to talk about cats sometime, I'll fucking be there with bells on, baby. <laughs> wait a minute. You, I, you made it through this, so you can make it Wait, but, but wait a minute. Is cats... I want to know is is cats are you would it make you rage like us or is it one of your favorites? I will I love it that it's terrible. <laughs> Fair there enough. You go. There you go. Okay. It's an awful awful movie but oh, I love it's, it. it's terrible. Well, are you sexually attracted to cats? No, I'm not. Okay. I do like drugs. And okay. <laughs> and this is what you get. That's, no, awesome. that's just you, Jim. You were the one that was fetishizing every every movement of the cats in that film. Don't talk like that. I'm getting excited again uh, thinking yes, about them. I know you are. The lists. Yes. I don't. Who's going? You. Me. You're on the list. See. You're it's on got the list. your name. Am I first? Yeah, Bryce. Uh, it's on the list. Huh. The list of the list. Uh, the lists. Of the list. You're going to pick a doubted, I think. I think that's my what I'm thinking you've got for us. Yeah, I got a doubted. It's uh, another one that uh, we've already talked about him a little bit because he was the movie I talked about. It's Uwe Boll. Um, once again, it's uh, kind of plucking out low-hanging fruit with Uwe, but I'm going to do it anyways because I'm lazy. Uh, we got, uh, I'm just going to list off a bunch of the horror movies, man, but then you can go through the list of movies if you want. There isn't one good one in the bunch. We have a, wait, just quickly add the rule. So for the list, because yes. this particular one is doubted, yes. we don't have to see them all because we assume if they make that many bad movies that we shouldn't have to watch them all. I've, I've seen all these horror movies, so I'm going to list the, the ones that are definitely horror um, we got House of the Dead based on the video game book. and it Yeah, is, that was a rage. It is one of the worst movies ever made. George, was it a rage? You see it? It's bad. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Alone in the Dark, which I've already talked about, based on a video game as well. It's a rage. Uh, yep. Omaclaw from 1994. Uh, this was a ridiculous early effort with a, with a man snapping and killing everything that moves. Sounds good, right? No. It does. It was not. I didn't see it, but I trust you. Uh, George, did you see it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, Blood Rain, also based on a video game. I know you've seen this one, George. Yep, bad. It's yep. rage. Seed. It's kind of a goofy revenge horror. It is really, really bad. Rage. Sanctimony. Stock trader becomes a serial killer, starring Casper Van Dien. Oh, good boy. True actors. It's really, really bad. <laughs> I trust you. Uh, had, did, did you after you saw the uh, uh, after you saw Blood Rain there, George? Did you go back for Blood Rain: The Third Reich? I can't say that I made it to that one. Oh, you missed out, buddy. You missed out big. Yeah, it's just awful as well. As I say, you can go down the whole list. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's horror or not horror. It's just just bad movie on top of bad movie from Rampage Capital Punishment to his In the Name of the King series, which he's had two sequels to. to it's just, it's all so bad. Oh, don't forget Blubberella. That was a classic. <laughs> So here's, wait, here's the thing that I'll say about Uwe Boll. Yes. Is that he will fight anyone. Yep. And I love that. He has threatened. He's like apparently a really great boxer. And whenever critics like shit on his movies, which is always because they suck. Yep. He he offers to fight them. Did you ever and, did you ever see the doc? No. Oh, oh, dude, you've got to see, you see the dock. It's a mondo. The it's, dock is a mondo. Is uh, what is it? A raging bull, but, you know, B-O-L. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, wow. Seriously, look it up. You will love it. 
Yeah, it, it's wow. All right, cool. It, it's a good thing it doesn't qualify to get him off the doubted list because yeah. there was a doc about him. About him. Yeah. yeah. But yes. Well, I'll have to check that out because the guy seems wild, and uh, yeah. on some level, I have to respect him. <laughs> there you go. So I think it's pretty much a, a eyes have a, it as a filmmaker. He's he yeah, is oh, definitely his, the movies are crap. He sucks. <laughs> I would never go watch one of his movies willingly. There you go. But wait, he made Postal. He did make Postal. Where yeah. we got to see another Canadian icon and his wiener for I pretty much the whole movie. Bring that up just because of Dave Foley's penis. We got to talk about <laughs> Postal so we can say. A Canadian wiener was shown. I know, but it's like a Canadian icon. I can't watch Kids in the Hall now. I've seen <laughs> Dave Foley's wiener. <sighs> for like the whole movie, pretty much. Anyways, I think it's... Yeah, you know, what, do you, what do you say there, Murr? About Uwe Uwe Bowl. Bowl. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's there we age. go. He's doubted. Yeah. George, you're not going to give him Mondo for anything, are you? No, no. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Thank the Lord. All right. George, you got to mesmerize for us. Yeah, I'm talking about my man, Peter Stormare. Um, I love this guy. I think that he is dramatically underused. And uh, um, let me tell you about a movie that I just watched recently Mm -hmm. called Bruce. Uh, You might know it. It's by a little fella named George Romero. What? Yes. And Peter Stormare is fully unhinged in this movie. I don't know if he either ingested a pound of blow before every take or if he is just that great of an actor, but you just cannot take your eyes off him when he's on the screen. He is just going for it. And this is not to say that, like, oh, he's only, like, funny, ha-ha, like, look at this terrible actor. He's put in some really incredible performances as well. Yeah. I, I think that he is the best depiction of Satan in a movie in Constantine. Oh, dude. Yeah. You're speaking to the choir. Yeah, he's so good in it. And uh, in the American Gods TV series, he was great as Chernabog. Yep. Um, he is such a distinct voice, too. Like, he has that great accent that I'm sure he's leaning into a bit. But yes. it doesn't matter to me. Like, it's it's friggin' great. He's in uh, John Wick 2. He is a great villain. You just love to let him kind of roll around and sink his teeth into these great performances um, from from things like 22 Jump Street. And he was in Psych, which is a show that I love. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's just great. He's, he's in so much stuff and uh, they, they don't put him in enough things that let him be good. Uh, yeah, he, I, it's funny how you brought his name up. I absolutely love this guy. I think yep. I never thought I'd fall in love with Satan more than when I saw him in uh, Constantine. Yeah. And and yes, he is in a fabulous uh, film by my man, George A. Bruiser. Mm. Brace, is he mesmerizing to you? He's absolutely mesmerizing. Yeah. Mer? Uh, yeah, for the most part. The only really... Thing you, you know, didn't hitching like? the giddy up, I would say, uh, would be Armageddon, which was absolutely horrible. Yeah, but it's is he movie. mesmerizing? Uh, but he's pretty mesmerizing. Uh, just, he's not. We're not saying undoubted. Not, we're just saying yeah, when he's on the screen, it's not his best work. And yeah, it didn't help that he had to act opposite my least favorite person on the planet, Ben <laughs> Affleck. 
But yeah, that means that he pro- you probably but easily stole the scene away from him. Nah, his lines were terrible. But other than that, absolutely, he's mesmerizing everything he did. Like even in like Minority Report, small role he had was like oh, was so good. Yeah, it. absolutely, he's mesmerizing. Yeah. George, you do not. This is the same joy that I I I most of the time can't figure out what Bryce is feeling or thinking at the best of times. <laughs> but when we added um, on our undoubted one of all of our favorite actresses the other day when he was like giddy as a schoolboy i'm feeling the same way about this i can tell you there you go who was the actor what's that who's the actor actor oh sally hawkins that we added to the undoubted i love sally hawkins yeah like even now i've never you know uh wednesday from the adams family when he smiles that's what i feel because he doesn't his face doesn't normally go in that shape so right yeah dude you nailed it nailed it Okay. All right. And then there was one. What's and then there was you, one. Jim? I've picked an undoubted horror director. A director. Okay. A director, which if we he, he doesn't make it on, I'll be very surprised. Even though his last eight films were not necessarily his best, I'm throwing Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Let's let's. Let's see his last eight, though, because that's the that, them's the rule. I know this is the last eight. Although uh, we bent him a little bit for Uve, but that's okay. He's not making any more. Oh, we didn't that's have right. to. We didn't have to bend him for Uve. You can go through the whole list. <laughs> that was just. I was just <laughs> highlighting some of the horror. Okay, nineteen fifty-eight. We've got Vertigo, which is a Mondo. Mondo. George. Yeah. North yeah. by Northwest, Mondo. which is a Mondo. We've got I Psycho, seen it, but I believe it. Psycho is a Mondo. George. Mondo. One of my favorites. The Honestly, Birds. One of my favorite horror movies. Yep. Mondo. Birds was Mondo. Great. Uh, Marnie. Birds. Marnie. Mondo. I will say Mondo as well. Turn cur- Torn Curtain was also Mondo. George. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Mondo. This is the one. I know. That's a meh for me is Topaz. Oh, Topaz. Yeah, that's a meh. Okay. Did you see that one, George? I didn't. Frenzy. Motherfucking Mondo. That's Mondo. Family plot. His his last film. Family plot was meh. Well, he's still good. Yeah, I gave it a Mondo. Did you see that one, George? I did not. There you go, That's dude. All right. I, look, I, go. I look. I don't want people to think that I don't. I don't get my Hitchcock on. All right, give me some Rear Window. Talk to me about Rebecca. Yeah, in there, absolutely. Right? Yeah, well, his early stuff. Hey, we're season. not. We're not accusing you. We're not judges here, right? here, buddy. You Stop got a lot to watch. Me. We're 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 not judging you in any way, shape, or form. Bryce and I are just probably older than you. Yes. By the by, the time you're uh, Jim's age, you'll have seen it all. I yeah, you'll idea. definitely. Okay. And and now that you know, he's officially undoubted. That's you can right. just go back and watch his entire there you go his entire family of movies. There you are. This was yeah. like I look. Go. This is a he's he's great. Uh, I will say, bad guy personally. Yeah, yes. I feel compelled to say that. Yes. Right. Yeah, he's an undoubted director. I have no doubt. Even yeah, I, this is great to establish it, cemented in because he is he's like the the pinnacle of like you see his name attached to it and you're like okay I'm I'm interested. He's the way that a lot of people get into older film is through Hitchcock and uh, I think that he he earned this undoubted undoubtedly. Perfect. All right. Well, this is a good time for us to plug our website where I say go to our list episode on our pod, on our website and check out who's undoubted. Then you know which movies to watch if you don't know what to watch. There you go. All right. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. 
rage taking over. All right, well. Time for some rage. Yeah. Uh, not that we haven't had enough rage on this episode. This is literally the best day of my life with so much rage we got to share on this episode. Um, <laughs> my rage is going to be real simple. Normally, I like to talk for hours about how much I'm raging, but... I kind of already talked this about this a bit, and I am tired of seeing slasher movies where they make people stupid. Because you know what? You can still kill smart people. It's possible. You just have to A, run faster, drive a faster car, get a motorcycle, ride a bike, maybe get a scooter. Like, there's no, there's, I mean, I don't see enough people getting murdered when you're riding a scooter downtown any city. Fill in the blank. Slasher is, uh, they don't need to have stupid people. They don't have to be tripping every time they find a knot in the woods. They don't need to. There's just so many ways to kill people. And making people stupid does not make it better. That's my rage. That's all I'm going to share. People are stupid. Yeah, but they, stupid. They, there's just too much of a high percentage of stupid people in slasher movies. Stop Sla- doing that. Slasher movies it's way awesome. more satisfying when they're stupid, not stupid, and then you kill them. It's like, wow, that guy's really smart. I'm now horrified because I'm smart. And if I can get, if they can get killed, I could be killed. Yeah, but usually one of them's smart. It's the one that survives. Not always. not always. No, it's not always. But usually. No. Just kill a bunch of smart people. Can I have a movie that's a slasher movie where they kill a bunch of smart people? Yeah, then it wouldn't Can be anybody a, even think of that? Then it wouldn't I'm be a slasher movie. movie. It'd be a psycho. Then it'd be Silence of the Lambs. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Wait a minute. No, you killed some stupid people. He was a psychiatrist. He was killing people all the time because they were stupid and they were crazy. Yeah. We don't actually know, actually. George, are you going to jump on this bandwagon or do you like stupid being people being killed in all uh, movies? I like stupid people being killed. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... There, I, I I love slasher movies. I mean, it's it is what it is. You know, I, I I'll agree that I'm never scared watching a slasher movie, but that's not really what I'm watching them for. Usually, um, usually a slasher movie, I'm much more interested in the effects and the costume of whoever is the villain. Yes. Um, and so a lot of the time uh, the the victims are completely just blank slates that could be slotted in for anything. Um, I think that that's one of the worst aspects of slashers. I certainly wouldn't say no to smarter people being in it, but then I would have to pay more attention all the time. And sometimes I just want to watch, watch a movie and eat some popcorn. Exactly. You don't want to think. Why would you Who need to think? Just because think? smart people can can get away. They, I mean, you just have to be that much smarter well, as a I killer. Think, but if they get away, then, then you I don't have a slasher. No, so I'm saying yeah. you can still they can still be smart, and then you just be a smarter killer. How about that as a concept? Uh, you're making but me then, think. Then you have to engage with uh, like figuring out how they're gonna get killed. Like when I watch. Friday the 13th part 5 I'm not like oh I hope these kids make it out of here I'm like I just I don't care that they're stupid I want them to get murdered by Jason I just want to see the blood hit the floor okay but what about someone working on quantum physics at their computer and you know he's like super smart and then all of a sudden Jason or Freddy or fill in the blank pinhead whoever bam he's dead here's here's the real issue here's where I'm going to poke a big hole is that in order for the characters to be super smart, that would mean that the writers need to be super smart. Uh. And that <laughs> is not always the case. And, uh. um, you know, 
you write what you can and sometimes you get a lot of fun out of it but in order to make them smart you need to demonstrate that some way and that's a lot of effort that a lot of people aren't going to give a shit about so you you literally just actually proved my point in my mind because i'm like i don't like those kind of movies i like smart movies so well you just don't like those movies that's right (laughs) i also like smart movies but Sometimes I want to watch something dumb. All right. Yep. Get back to your I boots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. George, what you got, baby? Uh, my rage today is CGI blood. It's so awful. Every single time. It never. It has never once looked good or convincing. Oh, and, we, you know what? That's argument. not true. I will say I will say that sometimes the CGI blood looks good and interesting, but most times it does not. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's so easy to make practical fake blood. I think that's really what makes me angry about it is that it's just pure laziness to not do it. Like you get some corn syrup and some food coloring and you got your friggin' blood. Spend the money on the dry cleaning. Pour some actual blood on it. It'll make the movie feel way better. The weight of the blood on the clothes will feel realistic instead of just being placed on top of it, which always, always, always drives me nuts. Yes. Um, It's just, it's so simple. The practicality of it is, it's just right there. It's just right there. Just take it. And it makes your movie so much better. Like, even even when the CGI blood looks convincing, all all that happens is people can't tell. Yep. Like, it, it's not. No one's like, oh, this looks better than the practical stuff. That's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Um, but it's I, cheap. It's, it's, Five it's, seconds and. But is it? Is it cheaper cheap, than some some corn syrup and some food color? <laughs> right. Actually, Maybe once you tack on the cleaning bill, but I, I, I think, first of all, I think that it's there's so many other places that you could pull that money from yep. that the difference between the CGI blood and the practical blood seems negligible when you compare it to, like, the producer fees. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that because we have a friend that's um, a film director here in Calgary, and um, I'd asked him a little bit about, you know, what blood sources he used when he did his film. This is Cam. Um from Red Letter Day, if you haven't seen that, it's on um, Prime. But uh, he he mentioned that they didn't use like the corn syrup thing. There's a new form of blood they're using, which is soap. Soap. So it's perfect. It's like a form of soapy blood, which he says it's so great. You can it's just clean up afterwards. Yeah, it's self-cleaning blood. <laughs> cool. Go. Perfect. Yeah. Agreed. That's like one of our favorite things to rage about. It's kind of like a go-to when we see a terrible movie with terrible CGI. The only exception with any film that is bad CGI is Crazy World. Ah, The best CGI blood ever. Wakaliwood. With Wakaliwood. If you've never seen Wakaliwood, George, it's a genre you should check out. No, I... Look, I've been being told I got to check this out for a while now. And uh, it's it's near the top of my list. I got to find some time for it. Oh, you got to see Crazy World. Movie, movie, movie. Movie is on. It looks great. I saw the trailer. It looks great. I'm I'm interested. I want to see it. it just got to find the time. And it's the it, best fake CGI blood. Uh, yeah, it's the exception to the CGI. There's always an exception. 
Of uh, course. Of course. There's, there's always an exception, for sure. Yes. Brycey? All right. So you take a horror franchise, doesn't seem to matter which one, and you continue to make movies even though the original people involved are no longer involved. Especially when it's the writer and, to a lesser extent, the director or the star. Um, the best example of this by far would be the Hellraiser series. What? Clive Barker was involved in the first three and then Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. I like to call it Pinhead in Space. Who thought that was a good idea? And then, amazingly enough, from there the series just keeps on getting worse. Hellworld, Hellraiser, Inferno, Deader, Judgment Revelations, just unwatchable. For reasons that our buddy George has already spoken about earlier in the podcast, so I won't bore you with it. Um, this is not only applicable to Hellraiser, but many other horror franchises, Halloween, Friday the 13th, etc. If the movie is not good enough for its creator to be involved, don't make it. Mm-hmm. I want to push back on Hellraiser specifically. Yep. Um, I think, first of all, I think that every slasher franchise should go to space. <laughs> well... Come on, come Second. on. Hellraiser in space sucked. And Leprechaun it's, it's in space, good. really? I'm waiting for yeah, Machete well, well, in space. I like Jason in space just because it was... Jason in space it was, was great. It was and Chucky to space. Okay, Chucky in space, maybe I can get on board with. Yeah, look, here's my pitch for Chucky in space, all right? Some uh, astronaut goes up. That's her kid's doll. Yep. She takes it with her to remind her of him. Boom, there you go. Chucky Smash in space. Done. It's already half written. <laughs> Um, But also, I want to say that Hellraiser 5 Inferno is written by Scott Derrickson, and it's not a good Hellraiser movie, but it is a good Silent Hill movie. Right. And I think that just because the original creative uh, is not involved doesn't necessarily mean that these things should not be made. It just means that maybe... Um, they shouldn't be so desperate to also include things from the beginning. They, be, they become part of the machine and they just pump them out. But wait, and you you are very rare when you get a, a decent writer writing one of these scripts. But wait, I have a pushback to yours, George. Is there actually a really good Silent Hill movie? I pose not. Yes, Silent <laughs> Hill one and and also <laughs> this movie and also detention from Taiwan the, are the all Hellraiser, and also Jacob the Hellraiser movie it's a good Silent Hill movie <laughs> yeah there are that's, we just named like five good Silent Hill movies well you did yeah and I'm not jumping on board with that <laughs> alright all right, well that was a good that was a good dose of rage people but you know what Now, the only time that we get some real true joy on this podcast is when we have what we excitedly like to call the Merman Minute. That's right. Ooh, a little loud. All right. Well, I'll make this quick because we seem to be running a little long. Ah, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, it's Halloween. We are, uh, you know, talking about our favorite movie characters and genres and stuff. And obviously mine is vampires. Yes. So I'm gonna uh, talk about why the Lost Boys is awesome. Steven Dorf. That's <laughs> it, Steven Dorf, Steven baby. Dorf. Is that the reason? No. Did we nail it? No. It's nailed. I don't know what movie you're talking. Did we about. just wreck your whole Merman about, minute because we nailed it? I think you're talking about Blade. Uh, 
No, the second is he not in it? I don't even know. No, he's, he's <laughs> it's Keith or Sutherland, but kind of dressed like uh, Stephen Curry. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. My minute, God damn it. <laughs> now, the second vampire film I ever saw was Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Third one I saw was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, the movie. So good. The best. And the fourth one was Interview with the Vampire. Also great. Those films shaped my love of all things vamp. The one that started it all was The Lost Boys, and it was awesome. Here's why. This actually was inspired by Peter Pan. Originally, he wanted to make it middle school teenagers, but he decided, Schumacher that was, decided to change change his mind and sexed it up with older people. And You mean he was going to cast a transgender woman as the vampire man? No, but he was going to use kids. Oh. And he decided that he was going to use older people. And at least he didn't use bat nipples. Uh, and Tina Turner's saxophone player was in it. He Bam! Extra muscly. Sexy sax was, man. That's yeah. right. He had an awesome sax solo and he sang. And it's like, it was legendary. That's what uh, I think of when I think vampires. And Bill S. Preston Esquire is in the Lost Boys. That's yes. true. That's right. Before he became one half of Bill and Ted, Alex Winter was Marco the Vampire. Sweet. And there was an awesome motorcycle scene. Starts off as your average motorcycle ride with a, you know, a gaggle of vampires that turns foggy, mysterious, and potentially life-threatening. And it was perfectly set up with a song by Lou Graham. Because, you know, Lou Graham is synonymous with danger. Nice. True enough. And it had the best lamp, a vampire lair ever. Come on, it was a 1900s nightclub sucked up by the big one. And they even get takeout delivered. Of course, it could be maggots and worms when you get it. Skip the dishes. Skip the dishes. Not, not in the 80s. And it had an awesome soundtrack. Cry Little Sister was haunting. It had Lost in the Shadows by Lou Graham. Good Times by NXS. People Are Strange by Jim Morrison. And Walk This Way with Run DMC and Steven Tyler. And then we have vampires who actually believe behave like actual vampires. In this era of Twilight, haven't we all developed a renewed appreciation for vampires who don't sparkle, have no understanding of the word Volturi? I play baseball in the midday sun. And the ones who actually do classic vampire things like not having a reflection, they sleep upside down like bats, and they actually die when sharp things are staked into their chests. Wood. That's right. Well, sharp wood things. But. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Gramps. Tony Award winning Bernard Hughes was an esteemed actor with a six decade career in stage and screen. But who cares about that? He played old Doc Hogue in my favorite Michael J. Fox film, Doc Hollywood, and Gramps in The Lost Boys. He was awesome as the headband-wearing, hippy-dippy old man who loves his root beer, prefers to read the TV guide to actually watching TV, and has a passion for taxidermy. Has one of the best final lines in any film. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I could never stomach all the damn vampires. Oh, snap. Then we got the two Corys. That would be Haim and Feldman. The very notion of the Corys, as we know them, were born the Lost Boys. After this, they did License to Drive, Dream a Little Dream, 
Blown Away. Oh, amazing Start film. Start of a beautiful so yet good. toxic relationship. Uh, and finally, as you alluded to, Kiefer Sutherland. A.K.A. Stephen Dorff. He is Canadian God Jr. Uh, <laughs> finally, we get a vampire who isn't a shriveled up raisin with bad skin and an overbite. As David, leader of the Lost Boys, he sported fangs and a spiky mullet. And yet he was cool while giving off a vibe 300 times more intimidating than Edward Cullen. That would be Twilight. Oh, thank you. Thus began my 33-year man crush on the grandson of Tommy Douglas. That's right. His grandpa invented health care. Robert Pattinson can suck it. Robert Pattinson's awesome. But not in Twilight. That's why Lost Boys. But, awesome. but how was Steven Dorff's performance in it? The whole movie you're watching. <laughs> but Keith Sutherland looks so much like a young Steven Dorff in that movie. The hell you say? <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Yeah, well, we try. But George, are you a big fan of the Lost Boys, like our man Merman? Yeah, great, great movie. The Rice to Maggots trick is a classic, man. Who doesn't want pizza delivered? It's tasty. Great, great movie. I love it as well. Schumacher, that guy knew what he was doing. He did know what he was doing. At that moment in time, anyway. Yes. Yeah, he's made some other stuff as bad. Let's Let's talk about Phone Booth. That's another great movie. We're going to be talking about (laughs) that next week. We are going to be talking about that next week. Bryce was dared to see it. Yep. Wow. I was uh, dared to see it, which I don't understand. I remember being good, but I guess I'll find out when I watch it. So now we're going to bring back a segment we haven't had for quite some time just to have a celebratory horror moment. We're going to do RMM. Let's let's lay it down. Which the initiated is Rage Mondo. So we're going to rate each one of these in rapid fire. No extra words, Bryce or George. Just Rage Mondo or Matt. Rage Mondo or Matt. We'll start George, Bryce, me. Let's do it. I thought you were all going to say it at the same time. What? You get the last word every time? Okay. That doesn't seem right. Do you want to fight about this now? No, fine. (laughs) George, then me, (laughs) then we get the opinion that who cares, Jim. Unless we all know it's going to be the same. It's probably all going to be the same. We don't know. Okay, let's hear it. George, me, then Jim. All right. First up, we have Toby Hooper. I'm going to say meh. I'm going Mondo. I'm going meh, too. John Carpenter. Mondo. 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 David Cronenberg. Mondo. Mondo. George Romero. Mondo. Mondo. Sam Raimi. Mondo. Mondo. Clive Barker. Meh. 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 (laughs) Peter Jackson. Mondo. Meh. Mondo. You haven't seen me, the Feebles. Sure have. Oh, okay. Robert Rodriguez. I also like King Kong. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. That That's was a terrible rage. movie. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> I'll give him a Mondo. I'm going to say because of the Spy Kids franchise, <laughs> Rage. Oh, what? I, he's a Mondo. I love Spy, Spy Kids. Kids They're cool. cute. Oh, yeah. Spy Kids is awful. You're awful. You're awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got Barbara Crampton. Mondo. 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 Uh, Mila Jovovich. Just from Reanimator. Uh, Rage. 
Rage? Doesn't like his Wow. Rage. I'm going meh. I'm going Mondo. She gives mm -hmm. me a, I also a, agree. a Mondo. vampiric Mondo, zombie Mondo. Right. Yeah. I thought no extra words, Jim. Oh, well, we kind of threw it out the window. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Bella Lugosi. Is dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's your point. That's your point. May he rest in Mondo for his legacy. And I'm going to rage because I think it was a piss poor portrayal of Dracula. Uh, he's wow. Mondo. Boris Karloff. Mondo. 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 Super Best Mondo. Frankenstein ever. Lon Chaney Jr. Oh, Jr. Junior. I'm going to say Mondo. 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 Vincent Price. Big Mondo. Mondo. Yeah, total Mondo. Jeffrey Coombs. I'm going to say Mondo. Mondo. Oh, totally. Creep crush. Anthony Perkins. Big, big Mondo. 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 Robert England. Meh. 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 Bruce Campbell. Oh. Mondo. 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 Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mondo. Meh. Meh. She's perfect. <laughs> Linda Blair. Uh, I'll say meh. Meh. Mondo. Veronica Cartwright. Mondo. Mondo. Oh, that's a Mondo. Lapita Nuango. Mondo. 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 Dick Miller, who had to look up. Mondo. <laughs> Mondo. Mondo. Big Mondo. Super Mondo. Samara Weaving. Mondo. Mondo. Yeah, Mondo. She is growing on me. Jennifer Tilly. Mondo. 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 Yeah, totally. <laughs> David Arquette. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to say Mondo. I want to, but I'm going to say meh. Uh, I'm going meadow. <laughs> That's not. Half mode. <laughs> Just making stuff up. I'm doing up. Mondo. There you go. Uh, Shiro Honda. Oh. Big Mondo for me. Mondo. Super Mondo. Godzilla. And we finish up the Mistress of the Dark, Cassandra Peterson. Oh, that was a Viro Mistress of the Dark. <laughs> Mondo. That's, right. That's Mondo, too. All right. Whoa. I kind of miss it. it. Maybe we should bring it back. Yeah. Maybe. On special times when we have guests. Well, George, that brings us to the end of our horror episode. Would you tell everybody where they can find you and your fantastic podcast? Sure. Uh, you can find me uh, pretty much wherever you are listening to this podcast, probably, unless you're listening to it right on their website, in which case I would direct you to my website, which is <laughs> www.littlehorrorphl.com. Nice. Um, that, I mean, Little Horror PHL is pretty much everything. It's the Twitter, it's the Facebook, it's the Patreon, if you decide that you love hearing my voice so much that you want to support the show. Um, but yeah, just go listen to it wherever you're listening to the podcast. Best Little Horror House in Philly. Sweet. We're going to just go a quick shout out for all the horror. This festival is awesome. So you should hear every day all these great podcasters doing what they do great because it's all horror all through October. Go check out scaresthatcare.org. And uh, yeah, check us out as always. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. 
Thanks to the extended Film Rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We're always wanting you to make us rage. We're always wanting you to tell us stuff, like our friends from the States who tell us what to do. Make us rage. And that's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Bye. Rage on.